thick, thick uh, stalks that grow really high and are really close together. And then we're going to uh, drive over to uh, a converted hemp mill or hemp gin that has turned in, uh, it was a cotton mill and now it's a hemp mill. And we're gonna run some of these stalks through, which is called decortification, which basically takes the bark or the exterior part of the stalk off of the plant. And it leaves all of the fibrous material within. And that fibrous material is where all the magic happens. Welcome to the Miracle Plant Podcast, the show that inspires, promotes, and gives you a daily dose of inspiration from the people who have used cannabis to change their lives in extraordinary ways. Here's your host, Justin Benton. Welcome to the Miracle Plant Podcast, where we are talking about this miracle plant with so many names and how it helps people in such extraordinary ways. Today, we have a very, very special episode. I am driving right now to the Hemp Field Day, where for the first time since 1994 in California, we are growing hemp for fiber. And what does that mean? Fiber is the things that you can make into other products like hemp wood, hemp plastic, hemp gasoline, hemp batteries, and the list goes on and on. I call this miracle plant also the green buffalo because you can use it for so many different purposes. So today we're broadcasting live. I'm in the car getting ready to pull into the fields. The audio might not be perfect, but the content's gonna be great. We're gonna talk about this miracle plant and how it can help in so many ways, not only with our own bodies and brains and it's the, the power of homeostasis and how it can help, but also what we can do with this plant, how this plant can clean up the soil, clean up the earth, and really take care of this beautiful planet of ours. So with no further ado, um, we have Latara here, who's back again, and our producer and co-host, Dan. I also see we have a great guest who's part of the hemp field day as well. Brenda's down there. So Brenda, feel more than happy to come up on stage and chat. I'd love to. I've been trying to get Brenda on the podcast for what feels like years now, but uh, I'm glad to see she's out there in the audience. So Latara, Dan, how are you guys? How exciting out here for hemp field day? Uh, I'm great. This is this is really exciting stuff. You know, we do a couple other shows and I've had the opportunity to listen to a lot of different guests and you know, from somebody that makes hemp wood to somebody that's working on uh, superconductors or superconductors to yep. to the fiber people who are using it to make replace cotton for our clothing. You know, that's just scratching scratching the surface. There are so many things, so many exciting things that are going to eventually we'll start to see. And it, like you said, it helps the planet. It, you know, my favorite story is from uh, they planted hemp in Chernobyl after the accident, and a lot of that area has has um, started to be non-radioactive because the hemp draws it all up and it's it eliminates it. It does. It's just amazing how many things this plant can do for us. Absolutely, and like I said, that's why I call it the green buffalo because of its up to fifty thousand uses that this this miracle plant has. And so, like I said, I'm driving up right now, getting ready to pull into the fields where we're going to have these hemp stalks that grow like 15 and 20 feet tall. So I'm excited to, 
to interview a couple of people and take some pictures and we'll put it on the on the podcast and so people can see and uh you know a lot of people know and have heard about the fact that you can make paper like the the original draft of the constitution and the declaration of independence was written on him and the original flag was written made out of him so people have heard of paper and people have heard of clothes and rope which is you know the strongest rope in the world is made out of hemp and you know you've heard of those different things but there's so much else that we can make from hemp and like dan was saying there's some incredible you know, research that's showing that we're going to be able to make batteries out of hemp, these superconductors that are eight times more efficient than, than lithium batteries. And the crazy, you know, we can make plastic bottles out of hemp that's sustainable, that actually would biodegrade back into the soil in 80 days. And like we said before, we can grow one, two, three crops of hemp every year, especially out here in California and where there's a good weather, that sometimes it might take a tree 25 years to grow for it to be cut down to turn into wood to build a house or cut down and used a bunch of chemicals to turn into paper. Whereas we could grow this, this plant that not only cleans the soil, as you talked about with Chernobyl and the radiation and the radioactivity, it also cleans the air. And that's a people don't really understand the, the carbon sequestering and the terpenes, what it also does to help with all the greenhouse gases and cleaning up the air that we breathe. It truly is a miracle plant. And, you know, uh, as, as Jack, you know, Herrera said, and, and Brenda's out there in the audience and helped finance the book, you know, the emperor wears no clothes. As Jack famously was quoted saying, hemp may not save the world, but it's the only thing that can. And so we're just so excited to, to be a part of the hemp field day out here in the middle of Riverdale, California by Lenmore. There's a naval base up here. And uh, there's about a hundred of us hempsters out here at about a hundred degree temperatures. And we're gonna be hanging out and checking out this, this, this harvest, this field um, that Tony, and a couple others out here are, um, you know, growing, uh, you know, and, and having these, you know, it looks like a bit of a forest more than it does a, like a, a hemp field or corn that you're used to. So super excited. Yeah, I was just going to jump in about the different types of, there are different types of strains that are grown for, for, for fiber. And everyone thinks of the sort of the bushy plant that we see for CBD and for other, as you mentioned, the, the fiber type of plant or strain of plant grows more like bamboo it's real close together they're real real tall and there can you can put a lot of different plants a lot of plants can be in a smaller area of land which is another th advantage it has over trees you can put these they grow right next to each other and they you can put a lot of them in one place yeah absolutely what were we gonna say latara yeah, I'm agreeing um, with Dan um, with regards to, you know, the growing of it and everything. Um, it's it's really amazing, though, that they're having this event. Um, I would like to know more information about the, um, the event that's going on out there where you are um, to see a hemp plant grow over 15 feet tall, you know, and I know it helps with the making of the fiber and things like it's so many different things that hemp can be made out of and it's just you got to know your history about it 
it's just truly amazing. Like you said, like a, a miracle plant. I, I was listening to you talking about that they're going to be making batteries that are like 10 times the strength of the regular batteries. Like that, that's amazing in itself right there. Yeah. Could you imagine like, yeah, you know, having your, 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 your iPhone battery or your double A batteries made out of hemp. And then when, uh, when they're done or dead, you either recharge them with solar power or if they no longer can hold a charge, then, you know, you could just recycle them or throw them in the backyard and they would turn back into, uh, into the earth. It's just crazy to think yeah. about the things that we can do with this plant. And this hemp field day, like I said, at the beginning of the day, we're going to go walk through the fields and, 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 you know, see the crops and see the different fiber varieties that look like bamboo, like Dan talks about, really thick, thick uh, stalks that grow really high and are really close together. And then we're going to uh, drive over to uh, a converted hemp mill or hemp gin that has turned in, uh, it was a cotton mill and now it's a hemp mill. And we're going to run some of these stalks through, which is called decortification, which basically takes the bark or the exterior part of the stalk off of the plant. And it leaves all of the fibrous material within. And that fibrous material is where all the magic happens for building materials, for batteries, for gasoline. Uh, the list goes on and on and on of what, what we can make with this and no longer be reliant upon petroleum-based oils and, and chemicals and all of that crap that we've been so uh, reliant upon for the last hundred plus years, this plant, and actually Thomas Jefferson said it. I mean, he said point blank, hemp is what gives you national security because you can do so much with it, including food. And, uh, you know, it, it, as far as making rope and making textiles and clothing and paper and food and medicine, you know, and, and Thomas Jefferson smoked a lot of cannabis. That was his Yes, jam. he did. He had migraines and he was, you know, he was definitely inhaling and exhaling. And so it, it, it's, you know, and George Washington, and this is a story a lot of people don't know, is, uh, you know, he imported uh, special hemp seeds from China that they were making gunpowder out of. And he actually had to sneak them in underneath the British uh, custom noses. And they started growing hemp and gorilla style so people couldn't see it. And you'd mix it in with other crops and in different places. And when they were, you know, when we were getting our independence from the British, we were growing special hemp to make gunpowder to fight the British off. And so, I mean, like I said, hemp, the Constitution was written on hemp, the original uh, copy. The uh, flag, the, <laughs> the Stars and the Stripes was made out of hemp. Every farmer was required by law to, if you had a farm, you had to grow at least an acre of hemp required. Yep. Uh, you also it, could pay your taxes with hemp because it was so, uh, you know, useful for so many different things. So it's, it's really the, the first American cash crop. And uh, it's just so exciting to see it coming full circle with the passing of the 2018 Farm Bill. Uh, just, you know, basically two short years, two grow seasons later, we're here in California growing fiber hemp and, and next to a mill where we're going to be able to start to make all of these incredible products that we know we can because we need to have enough of the hemp material 
going through these mills that's going to bring down the price of hemp paper. Like I have hemp business cards, I'm wearing hemp socks and all those kinds of things. And the prices are a little bit more than what your traditional cotton or, you know, polyester or, you know, petroleum based things are. But the more and more of these of the farmers that grow this type of hemp, there was a big grow up in Montana. Uh, and the more these mills or these decortification places are put together, the, the lower the costs are going to be. And then when people realize that you could buy something for essentially the same price or less, that's actually uh, cleaning up the earth and you're doing your part in, in investing in sustainable practices, it's it's going to be a boom. Like I said, the CBD is, is you know, that's a that's a multi-billion dollar industry. They're, they're thinking somewhere around $22 billion. But when we shift over to a sustainable using hemp and all of its uses, it's a trillion dollar industry. It's there's carbon credits that are involved. There's tax credits that are involved. There's jobs, real jobs that people can do. You want to talk about bringing manufacturing jobs back to the United States. This is the thing that will do that where people are actually harvesting and using this fiber material to make all of these different products that are U.S. grown hemp with U.S. manufacturing jobs. So there is a, this is a, an amazing, uh, mon monumental day for us as we are doing this Hemp Field Day live out here in Lenmore, California. I'll be taking lots of pictures and uh, some videos, and we'll be posting yeah. some things for everybody to check out. But it is certainly an exciting day, to say the very least. So yes. I see. Go ahead, Latara. Make sure that you take um, plenty of videos, if you can, for me. I'm just so um, interested in it. And um, just so if I can give a little background about it so people are uh, aware of the difference, the hemp plant and the marijuana plant are both the same species, but legally hemp is basically defined as a cannabis plant that contains 0.3% or less of THC. And the marijuana is a cannabis plant that contains more, right? It's 0.3% or more uh, THC, just so people would know the difference between hemp versus marijuana. Correct. It all comes down to the THC level. And that 0.3 was just an arbitrary number that was thrown out. Uh, at some point, we're going to get that number back up to 1% THC. So there's more margin so farmers don't have to like, you know, sweat it out whether or not their crop is going to, you know, be underneath the 0.3 or whatnot. So that's definitely coming. And at some point, you know, there's a lot of great people like Doug Fine out there who I was chatting with this week. Mm -hmm. you, we're going to we're going to throw that number all the way out because it's the finished product that really matters. And the farmer shouldn't have to worry about keeping a, a certain level of, of, of THC if all we're doing is growing it for fiber or growing it for medicine. It's the finished product, <coughs> excuse me, that, that, that matters the most. So, but yeah, they're, they're all cannabis. It's all the same cannabis plant. Uh, different strains are made for, for different things. Some are made for fiber that grow really tall and have really thick stalks. Some uh, are, are grown for certain cannabinoids that can be more bushy that, that uh, are more of a traditional cannabis look. So there's definitely quite a bit. Uh, if we have any questions, I see there's some people in the audience out here on Clubhouse as we broadcast live every morning on Saturday at 10 a.m. Feel free to raise your hand and, and come on up, and uh, we'd be happy to answer any questions. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's what's going on today. I'm literally pulling into the farm as we speak, and uh, I'm off the grapevine. Uh, I've taken the five and uh, just going to show some great pictures and videos, and I can't wait to uh, – 
to hang out with a hundred hempsters and uh, and check out this this new crop coming in and check out the the hemp mill uh, after lunch this afternoon. One of the problems that that we have to overcome is the actually the, the advantage to hemp is actually one of the problems we have to overcome is because the fiber is so strong that we can't use traditional um, or existing infrastructure to def- to create the or to extract the fiber because it's too strong like the same the same infrastructure we would use for other textiles what, this 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 fiber will jam it up and destroy it same with cutting it down like the farming equipment needs to be beefed up because the fiber is so strong and so that's taken a little bit of time and that's why this hasn't just happened like turning on a light switch because the infrastructure has to be made and that's it's exciting that they're doing that out where you are justin that's that's another another example of this whole process of moving forward they're actually built not only are they growing but they have the infrastructure to to take it to you know to be able to pass the fiber on to other to other businesses so they can incorporate it into their products yeah absolutely and that's the the exciting part too is that we have the the field that i'm pulling into right now but then we also have the hemp mill the, the old cotton mill and we're turning it into a hemp mill so we can you know decortify and, and, you know, process this hemp. And, uh, you know, they say that, that you want to keep a mill within about 50 miles of the farms just because it costs so much to ship all of this, these hemp stocks and, and things of that nature. And so uh, this one's 20 miles apart, and we're going to need more decortification centers, more hemp mills, uh, more hemp processing, you know. And, 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 you know, this is what's called the salad bowl out here in California. This is where, you know, I think the, 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 the highest number of produce and fruits and vegetables is grown out here in California. So uh, just really, you know, we need more of these facilities. And, and the fact that we're actually getting this done out here and kind of showing the ways is just incredible. So I'm actually pulling in right now as we speak. So I'm, I'm looking at a bunch of hipsters right now. Back to the early colonial days, the British Empire was based on their naval superiority, and all rope was made by with in, with hemp. And one of the biggest exports, and one of the main reasons that they were so interested in the U.S., from what I understand is because of the ability to grow hemp here and how, you know, how, and as you said, everybody was required to grow it before, while we were still a colony of, of, of the British empire. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that we could, we could export so much hemp for their ropes to keep their fleets <laughs> intact. It's, it's a lot bigger thing than you think. We think a rope now and you're like, Oh, what was rope? But back in the day, if you know, rope was everything. So this is important. It's such an important history uh, product in, within our history or, or aspect of our of our country's history. Absolutely. Well, right now I'm looking at um, 15 foot high hemp. I'm going to take a picture and post it for you guys so you can actually see it here, and uh, you can see some pictures here. It looks like a forest. Like there's a. I just took a picture. Let me put it on my uh, clubhouse so everybody can see it. And uh, it's crazy, man. It's just so crazy that uh, 
Can you guys uh, pull the refresh? And I had left a picture where you could actually see some cars uh, just to kind of give you reference. It's le easily 15, maybe 20 feet high. If you I click on that. my picture, yeah, click on the picture and zoom in. You see the pictures next, the cars next to it? Yeah, I see how tall it is. Wow, that is, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and it's not even in full harvest yet. So there's a whole bunch of us here that are pulling in, but it's not that bad. It says it's 87 degrees. So I was worried it was going to be 105, but. Uh, yeah, the weather is, that's good weather. Um, you know, and it's amazing because hemp, hemp just does so many different things. I don't know if a lot of people are aware of all of the things that, you know, can be made with hemp and it's and it's a legal crop too, you know? So I foresee so many more people getting hemp farms. <laughs> like it's going to be crazy. Well, and yeah, you can also grow the hemp for, for cannabis or excuse me for cannabinoids. And then you can, and then you can separate, like you can have like three or four different piles. So you have your stocks that you separate out and, and a guy comes by with a big flatbed truck and he picks up all your stocks and takes it to fiber for processing and you get paid for that as a farmer. And then you take all your flour and your biomass and you take that and you send that off to, to a facility to get extracted and you get your CBD and your CBG or whatever cannabinoids you're going for. And then you have the material that's after the extraction, which you could make like, you know, chicken coop material and things like that. You can take the... The, the, the seeds and turn that into protein powder and you can eat some of the, the best, you know, protein on the planet comes from this hemp seeds that have the all 21 amino acids and the perfect balance of omega threes and sixes and, uh, you know, GLA and just an, it's the best food source on the planet. So, you know, so you can have all of these different, you can grow one crop and use it for three or four different things. And as a farmer, get paid for it <laughs> three or four different, different ways. And so that's all part of the, understanding which genetics to grow and which you know temperatures and which climates and we're all figuring this out together and it's just so exciting that it's actually happening as we speak one of my yes that is exciting one of my favorite lines is in with hemp there aren't any byproducts they're all co-products no, nothing gets wasted in the plant they can use it for everything it's it's it truly is the miracle plant yeah, that's why I call it the green buffalo, because, you know, just like the Native Americans, they used every piece of the buffalo and respected the buffalo. And it's the same thing here, where we can use every morsel of this plant for something. And it's good for the soil, it's good for the earth, it's good for the air, and it's good for the humans and the animals that are walking on it. So, and you know, for pretty the, cool. The, the farmers like it, because, and again, I'm, I'm way outside of my range here, but from what I understand is the root goes deeper than most crops root and it it, it can and it draws up a lot of the nutrients that are further down within the soil that are your, your traditional like corn doesn't get to but the hemp plant goes so deep into the soil that it brings up a lot of these nutrients and replenishes the soil so if they include it in their crop rotation they can revitalize the soil from what this is just from i'm really talking out of school or way over my pay grade here but this is just from what i've understood from different conversations maybe you can confirm that justin absolutely i mean the 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 roots clean up the soil and they go down and they they that's why you were talking about with chernobyl and, and and heavy metals and pesticides that they were even testing those same roots 
in Chernobyl, where all the, the, the nuclear reaction spill was, that the, they, when they were testing the ground for radioactivity, they weren't finding it. And when they were testing the flowers on the hemp plant, they weren't finding it. So it was all being sucked up by these roots. And the roots themselves of the hemp plant are wonderful anti-inflammatory uh, for topicals that we, we will blend into some of our topicals as well. So uh, it really is incredible what this plant does because there are a lot of other plants that will suck things out of the soil like nitrogen and things that, that won't make it a good you know, crop, uh, you know, a seasonal crop uh, that you would have to like replenish the soil with different nutrients. Whereas the hemp plant is a wonderful plant that leaves the soil, you know, fertile for the next crop. If you're going to, you know, rotate soybeans or corn or whatever it is that you're growing. So, uh, you know, there's just not enough good things that you can say about this plant. And it's just so exciting that, uh, it's all happening. I mean, just remember that the, the 2018 Farm Bill, which clearly made this plant legal in the United States again uh, for the first time since 1937. And when actually there was a couple years in the World War II where they made it legal and did victory for hemp for the 1940s to get more hemp so the, uh, our fighting military could have uh, sails and rope and for anchors and things like that. But then they made it illegal again right as the war was over. And so... Basically, it's been, you know, 85 years since we've been growing hemp again in our country. And uh, it's just so exciting that it's actually happening. And we're starting to figure out uh, how we can start to use this, this plant and, and, and do things right again. Because so many of us know that the, the farmers and the way that we've been growing things have been <laughs> the Rodale Institute just drove by in the truck. They're doing some awesome organic farming testing for us out here in Ventura County. Um, and so uh, it's just amazing to see this thing come full circle again. And uh, I'm just so happy to be a part of it. And uh, we'll have more information on this uh, hemp field day on the show notes. And if anyone has any more questions, please reach out to us. If you want to get some seeds to grow some fiber, if you want to, if you've got some farmland that you want to, you want to figure out how to use this. Um, we're just so, uh, I'm here to help any way that I can. I work with a lot of farmers out here in California and, uh, whether it's education or connecting people that want to be connected, uh, I'm here to help any way that I can. So any, uh, any final comments or anything before we wrap up today, guys? Well, I want to just follow up on what you just said for helping out if farmers are interested, because you want them to talk to somebody who is that is an expert, but is also somebody that is is not going to take advantage of you because I know there's just a lot. That, this is one of the big problems within our industry, and that's why Justin is such a good advocate for for this because he doesn't have a, a a dog in the fight. He can tell you what's going on and and can point you in the right direction. And I think that's the place to start, just with a friend, a friendly face, somebody that can give you the right point you in the right direction because. Um, you know, you want to get off off to the right start, and that's and it's so important in this industry to get off to the right start with with uh, growing hemp, right, right, Justin? Yeah, absolutely. You want to make sure that you're you're working with people that can absolutely help you and point you in the right direction, and you know, and you want to talk with with experts that have grown the product before, especially in your neck of the woods, and you know that have literally you've seen it happen before. And so there's a lot of the leading experts are out here right now. 
as far as hemp farmers. And like I said, this is the first fiber crop that I've seen in California and the first one that we know of since 1994. So uh, I'm going to be learning a lot today. <laughs> And, uh, you know, getting a handful of seeds and, and, you know, I have some fiber seeds and connect, connect people with fiber seeds. And if you're looking to get really scaled, I've got some good companies for you. But um, again, I just hope this was a, an opportunity for people to understand that it's not uh, a hypothesis anymore. It, it's, it's, it's not uh, in the future. It's actually happening now. So if you want to be a part of this movement, this fiber movement, uh, please reach out to me or Dan and uh, we'll point you in the right direction, whatever it is that we can do to help. There's going to be a lot more events like this coming up, just the fiber side, the harvests and education and, uh, you know, growing different different varieties on your farm. So just uh, be sure to tune in. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to me. My email address is jbenton, B-E-N-T-O-N, at 101CBD dot org and just shoot me an email with any questions if i can't answer it i will point you in the right directions and find an answer for you so and maybe you can just, maybe you can talk to some of the people that are attending this event with you today and we can have them on next week and you can give us a recap of of what what happened because it just sounds such so exciting i wish i was there yeah well yeah, it'll be fun <laughs> and i'll take pictures and videos and and maybe get some interviews going set up for next week it's a good idea and uh, I'll let you know how it's going. It's going to be exciting. So wonderful, wonderful. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us this week uh, for Hemp Field Day Live out here in Ledmore, California on the Miracle Plant Podcast Show live on Clubhouse at 10 a.m. If you like this show, please review it. Please share it. And make sure that uh, you keep tuning in every week as we'll keep talking about this miracle plant with so many different names and how it helps people in so many extraordinary ways. So Thank you again for joining us, and we will see you next week, 10 a.m. on Clubhouse Live. And have yourself a great week, and uh, can't wait to go ahead, Dan. I was just going to say, don't we usually end the show with something? Yeah, well, on the count of three, we always say heal the world. Yeah, let's not forget that. We're we're literally doing the world. (laughs) We're healing the world as we speak right now. So on the count of three, unmute your mics, and we say heal the world because that's what this plant does, and that's what our mission is here at the Miracle Plant. So on the count of three, Let's say heal the world because right now that's exactly what we're doing. One, two, three. Heal the world. All right. right, Everybody have a great day. Have a great weekend. Justin, have fun and take plenty of pictures and videos for us. I will. Yeah, stay tuned. We'll have lots of pictures and videos and interviews and exciting times out here in California. And uh, thanks again for joining us. And we'll see you next week, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.